Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'es Hashem, Shalom Bayesh Shir, number 237. So we talked about, in the last few shiurim, about various aspects that could overrun and destroy a marriage, lead to divorce, uh, especially if it's something that's ongoing all the time. Um, and we talked about harsh startups, we talked about criticism versus healthier types of complaints. And we talked about contempt, as well as defensiveness, as well as stonewalling, and as well as the flooding, um, you know, being overwhelmed and flooded by the attacks from your spouse. Body language we talked about. Uh, we talked about the difference in men and from men and women um, in regard to feeling overwhelmed. And one other aspect that's very important is is this concept called repair attempts. And um, if there is very often a couple when one realizes they made mistakes and they want to correct it and they tell the other spouse, okay, let's take a break or wait, I need to calm down first to de-escalate the tension. One of them is making those overtures to correct something they did wrong that repair attempt saves marriages, especially if the other one accepts it. It reduces the emotional tension that takes place between a husband and a wife when they're having um, some difficulties. It lowers the stress level. And um, it's basically your, 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 the spouse, one of them, who realizes they made a mistake or did something wrong, and they're trying to repair it. They may not apologize openly, but you see that they're trying to repair it. And when you're flooded and overwhelmed, you don't see how your spouse is trying to repair it. They're sort of like waving a verbal white flag, like I acknowledge I messed up and now I want to correct something, And but you're so either hurt or flooded by it that you don't listen to your spouse's overture for peace. And what happens is, is if you don't realize this, this failure of repair attempts, they become more contemptuous, more defensive with each other, more flooding, which means over being overwhelmed. So then it's harder to hear and respond to this repair that one or both of the spouses are trying to make from time to time. And um, he basically predicts mostly that the, that's the real key. The failure of repair attempts causes disintegration of marriage more than anything else. So even if you have other things going on, but the bottom line is if they're able to work with themselves to self-correct after making a mistake or after veering off course, then you could have a satisfying, happy, stable marriage if you know how to repair things effectively. And when people are what we call emotionally intelligent, and you learn how to have emotionally intelligent marriages, where both of them become more attuned to each other, then you'll see in the pattern and the way they talk, there's more of what we call successful repair attempts. And they have different approaches with it. Sometimes they may smile. Sometimes they may say they're sorry. Or even simply, you know, in a humorous way, like, stop yelling at me. I got the message, but not in a 
angry way, but more in a sort of half-humorous way. That diffuses the situation also. And that's a repair attempt when you try to do that. And, um, and so on and so forth. And um, so those things are very important. Another key that's also very important in, ma- in marriage is to know how to handle bad memories. And to know how to put the bad memories in perspective. Because what happens very often is when a relationship gets consumed by negativity, it's not the fact that the couple's present situation is bad or the future life together is, you know, you're worried that something's bad is going to happen. No, it's the past that's the danger. In other words, people who are constantly entrenched in the negative view of their spouse and their marriage, they rewrite the past and make the past the worse than it actually is, works worse than it actually was because of some negative feelings you have now. So, for example, he says most people enter marriage with very high hopes, with great expectations. So when they do that, and in a happy marriage, when they look back at their early years, they'll look at it fondly. And that's true. Let's say something happened by the wedding, some bump in it, uh, uh, the ring was forgotten and something happened by the wedding that was upsetting and it didn't go off perfectly, they will not remember that so much. They won't emphasize it. If they have a happy marriage, they'll remember the highlights, the good points of what took place by the chasana, not the bumps in the roads that took place in the chasana. And with each other also, they'll remember the positive things that, that they did early on, that will leave a Rishim. How excited they were when they met. How much they admired each other. That they had each other and so on. And even when they talk in a happy marriages, even when they talk about rough times, let's say they went through a rough patch where they disagreed or they had some bumps in the road and it was difficult to sort something out. Um, but what they do is later, if they have a happy marriage, they look back and you say, and they say to themselves, you know, it was rough, but we pulled through it. We drew strength from, from it. We became better because of that adversity. We became better people as a result of weathering those storms together. So that's when there's a happy marriage. You reframe the past, even the tough parts of the past, in a positive light. However, when a marriage is not going well, then what happens is you rewrite history for the worse. And you look at past events. For example, you take that one thing that happened wrong by the wedding and boom, you blow it way out of proportion and focus just on that. And um, Or the good times in the past becomes unimportant to them now because they just let it fade away because right now they're not having a good time with one another. So that's a very important thing to know, that the way you reframe the past is very important, and a lot has to do with the way you're feeling now. And um, so, you know, sometimes a husband and wife will have distorted memories because they have negative feelings towards each other now that became so intense that it becomes like cast in stone. This is the way it is. And Mimela, even the good things that happened in the past, you'll interpret it, ah, it was negative. So here's an example of the framework 
of what it is. In a happy marriage, for example, a husband promises he'll pick up his wife's dry cleaning from the store. And the husband forgot it. It's not the first time that happened either, but he forgot it. So if they're in a happy marriage overall, what's going to cross the wife's mind? He's been under a lot of stress lately. He needs more sleep. He was so tied up, he forgot. In other words, he considers she will view his lapse here of not getting her dry cleaning, even though he told her more than once probably to get it. She considers that lapse to be a fleeting moment caused by a specific situation, and she lets it go. Not to say she won't be annoyed. She may express some annoyance sometimes, you know, like frustration a little bit. Hey, you know, I really need that, that, that dress. I needed it. But ultimately, you'll click in her head, you know, he's under a lot of stress. And it'll give, her, it'll give him a pass. But on the other hand, in an unhappy marriage, the same exact matziv, the husband forgot to pick up that dry cleaning, will lead her to think he's just being inconsiderate again. He's just being selfish again. And so on. So for another example. In a happy marriage, as a loving gesture, husband comes in, the, the wife would greet him with a hug or a very warm smile at the end of a work day as a sign that the spouse is loving and thoughtful. And when a husband accepts that and sees his, his wife hugging him or, or kissing him or smiling at him, the husband will say, my wife is being very thoughtful and loving, and I appreciate it. On the other hand, in an unhappy marriage, the same action, the wife comes to him and hugs him and smiles at him, the husband will think to himself, okay, what does she want from me? She wants something. What does she want from me? So that distorted perception, which sees ulterior motives in everything, even when your wife is giving you gifts or your husband is hugging you, or calling you and being attentive, you'll rewrite that history. You'll create a negative script. And that is really a very um, common thing that also happens. So when a marriage gets to the point where the couples are rewriting their history and viewing the past in a very negative light, then it's very difficult to communicate currently and repair a current problem, um, and they need help to pull out of it. They really need help to pull out of that matzah to not reinterpret past events, but work on the current situation till you see things in a more positive light. And um, what's sad is, is that when um, people have this point where they're already um, had all went through all these negative experiences with one another, then they tend to withdraw. And it seems, this is the sad part, that when they withdraw, so they're not arguing anymore, they're not acting contemptuous anymore, they're not stonewalling anymore. They're talking to each other, but in a very calm but distant way. But it's sad because here it's already, uh, you know, it's over. It looks out, a lot of times this happens like this, where they went through all those emotions and they got all tired from it and then they decided, I'm checking out. So they're talking calmly. They're not contemptuous anymore, but but they just gave up. So either they divorce or lead parallel separate lives. And, and that's a very sad thing. And then what happens 
like when that happens, loneliness sets in, and the talking over things become seem useless because they feel what's it worth, and then unfortunately, especially in the secular world, people will unfortunately stray towards having affairs, or even in the firm world they'll stray in other ways sometimes. But we need to realize here that these betrayals of having an affair or an emotional affair or 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 or, or replacing your affection for your wife or husband into something else is a symptom. It's not the cause. The cause is the warning signs before that. And um, which is what? Which is the way they talk to each other, which we talked about before, the harsh startups, the, the contempt, and so on and so forth, the failure to repair, to, to, to try to repair things, and the flooding, which is the psychological, physiological reaction of being overwhelmed by it, by attacks from your spouse and constant pervasive negative thoughts. But the good news is, and John Gottman says this, and he knows it based on observation, that many, many marriages can be saved, way more than they're currently being saved now, which means that the divorce rate, even in the country, certainly in the firm community, could be a lot less Sometimes we talked about this before. Divorce, unfortunately, is is necessary. But what he's saying, and the consensus is this way based on observation, is that many, many, many of these divorces could have been avoided, could be avoided, and a lot of more and more marriages could be saved, not only saved like Bidiyevid, but saved in a beautiful way and thrive if they work towards these tools. And what John Gottman did was he went through and analyzed what's right in marriage. And he looked at couples that were thriving and he found uh, seven points um, and principles that work. And um, and we're going to talk about that in future Shurim, the Eses Hashem. And that's an important uh, principle and concept to know and to have it in your mind and to start practicing those seven concepts. But certainly to do the opposite of all the things we discussed in the last three or so shiurim. And in a nutshell, we're just going to say as follows. When we talked about harsh startups, when they have to work on something and they need to talk things over even though they disagree or they're upset, they need to make sure that the first two, three minutes when they start not to start harshly. That will be doomed for failure. They need to start in a soft, respectful tone with the interest towards correcting the behavior. And it's just expressing why you're upset, but for the purpose of being um, concrete. And that's where the complaint, healthy complaints come in, as opposed to criticism, where you, you could express you're upset about something, but you talk about how it could be resolved and um, and um, and also offer a solution, how things could be corrected, and to remove contempt from your hearts and from the way you talk to remove it, to not always be defensive, to realize, hey, you know, sometimes you are right. I'll take your words and realize there is a certain nakuda in there that I could learn from and that you may be correct, and I'm not going to be defensive about it, and when you're right, you're right, and I'm going to admit it and not to stonewall, which is really a rough thing to do. You have to really push yourself. 
even if you're upset and you're not in the mood of talking to your spouse, you don't stonewall them. You engage in the conversation even though it takes effort. You say, you know, I'm tired now, I'm upset now, but let's let's talk things through. Uh, but not ignore, not walk out of the room, not avoid. And also to try to avoid flooding. Flooding means when um, one of them, wife or husband, makes no difference, attacks and is venting, and you need to, the, the one who's receiving that, needs to learn not to be flooded, to stay anchored and realize, hey, my wife had a bad day, my husband had a bad day, they may not be right the way they're talking to me, but I'm not going to let it overwhelm me. I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to calm down, take a deep breath, and we'll learn to work it out, and we'll respond accordingly. Body language is very important. Smiles and um, and pleasant face, and the save upon the face like we talked about. Also, very to repair attempts, Apologies are good, asking Mechila is good, but even if you're not doing that, but you're trying to fix the problem, and that decreases a lot of emotional tension. You know, I need to calm down, and you acknowledge it, and the other one needs to accept those repair attempts that the other spouse is making. Another one is is not to get um, enslaved by the bad memories that you have of the past, that very likely you're distorting and blowing out of your proportion because of the negative that you're feeling now. And remember again that in a lot uh, is the way you interpret events. In a happy marriage, you'll always be done like Havschus more. Uh, he was under stress, that's why he didn't pick up the laundry, uh, the, the dry cleaning. Um, in a bad marriage, in a tough marriage, the distorted perception. He's selfish, he couldn't care less. Also, very likely not true. So Metz Hashem will talk more about this and hopefully in a practical way to develop um, and um, work on your marriages so that not only they'll be saved or salvaged, but on the positive sense, they'll thrive in the greatest way possible. Have a wonderful day.